0: Well, hello and welcome back, my friends. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 388 of Sustainable Minimalists. What on earth is this show? It is a show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living. On today's show, we're outlining the rules of the 30-Day Minimalism Challenge And I'm giving you my six best tips for making your challenge successful. Now, I have a not-so-subtle goal today, and my goal is to get you on board with joining me, yes, me, I'm going to be doing it as well, this August with a 30-Day Minimalism Challenge. I want you to do it with me. Now, you've likely heard the number. The number in question is 300,000, the average American home reportedly has over 300,000 possessions. And by the way, that number does not come from an empirical research study, but it is floating out there in so many places on the World Wide Web. But if we're going to take it at face value, the average American home has over 300,000 possessions. Surprise to no one, these possessions create stress, anxiety, financial issues, family tension. I could go on and on. A recent survey of homeowners found that 44% of us experience what the survey called mess stress at least every week. Now, For those of you who have been practicing minimalism for a long time, you already know that minimalism can improve our wellness because when we own fewer items, we tend to worry less about clutter. We also struggle less with decision fatigue. So I believe, and one of the reasons I started this show is that the majority of us would be well-served to declutter more and simplify more especially if you're listening and you've found that the clutter in your home has become problematic. That said, all that said, lots of us need a bit of a push, don't we? Enter the 30-Day Minimalism Challenge. Now, full disclosure, I did not come up with the 30-Day Minimalism Challenge. It was created by The Minimalists, and I'll link to them in the show notes. But if you're serious about cutting back on clutter and you're just not sure where to start, I suggest you start with me and the challenge that's starting on August 1st. The challenge is a great way to tackle the clutter once and for all and for only 30 days. You can do anything for 30 days, that's the beauty of it. So let's talk about what the challenge is, then I'll give you my six tips. But before we do all that, I should just say that I believe that August 1st is the perfect day to start this challenge. I tend to like to declutter with the change in seasons or life events, so for me, August is the end of the summer. We're going back into the school year. We have certainly in my home collected an awful lot of stuff that doesn't need to be here this summer with my children home. And so August is the perfect month to clear out what's left over from the previous season and get ready for fall. Now, the minimalism challenge is quite simple. The aim is to get rid of the same amount of things as the number of that day of the month. So on August 1st, you find one thing to remove from your home. On August 12th, you're finding 12 things. On August 25th, 25 things. There's a pattern here, and you all are so smart. I'm sure you've caught on. (laughs) But at the end of the challenge, for a 30-day month, you would be, if you get it to the end of the month, you will have let go of 465 items. August is a 31-day month. So if you get all the way to August 31st, you will get rid of 496 items. That's a good chunk that you're taking out of your clutter problem. Now, the minimalism game, it is intensive, but as with all things that are intensive, it can really pay off. Now, according to the minimalist website, they suggest you find a friend or a coworker who's willing to play along with you. And the way you play is you see who gets further in the month first. Like most people aren't gonna to get to 31 days. So if you're playing with somebody and you get to day 26, but your coworker or your friend only gets to day 24, You win, okay? It's a game. And I like gamifying things. I really do. I gamify everything in my life. We gamify brushing our teeth. (laughs) We make dinner cleanup a game. I mean, when we make things a game, we take the drudgery out of it. And so that's the number one reason why I am so enticed by this challenge. It is an easy challenge at first, right? Anybody can purge one item on day one. Anybody can purge four items on day four. But the challenge grows considerably harder by week two when you are forced, according to the game's rules, to declutter more than a dozen items every single day from day 12 on. Now, all that said, I do have six tips for you. Now, let me say, I've never played this game before, so I'm really excited to try it. My tips are for you, but they're also for me as I seek to accomplish This challenge. My first tip, of course, is to either commit or don't. Don't waffle either way. So either be 100% fully in or 100% out. When we're half in and half out, we're really just out, aren't we? (laughs) So make the decision to either be in or be out by the end of this episode. Okay. Now, if you're sort of in, I want you to. Tip one, find a friend. Find someone to keep you accountable. It's like exercising. You want to start an exercise routine? You are way more likely to get yourself to the gym if you have a friend who's going to meet you there, who's going to keep you accountable. Camaraderie is so powerful. And in this regard, at least, social media can be our best friend. So my goal as I mentioned at the outset, is for many of us, maybe even all of us, to do this challenge together. And so I'm going to start a thread in our closed Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, join us. Take pictures of what you are decluttering each and every day. Help keep all of us motivated. I will personally be also posting photos of the items I declutter on my Instagram stories, And if you tag me in your stories or your posts of what you're getting rid of, I'll add them to my stories. So use social media to find a friend, perhaps, and find that motivation and that camaraderie if you do not have somebody in your non-digital life that wants to play with you. But know, too, that you could play against your spouse. You could play against your older child or even your younger child. I'm thinking about my nine-year-old. She is a pack rat. Maybe I'm going to get her on board. She, again, also loves a good game. But if your home is feeling especially cluttered, you could play against your spouse or play against a child. Choose a high-interest prize for the winner. And know that if you play against someone in your own home, you're going to double the results. You could get rid of over 930 items by the end of the month. I see this game working really well in helping to teach our kids to become responsible for their spaces and for their stuff, right? We've talked about this a lot on the podcast before. My most recent episode about this was with Mary Simpson and I got a lot of feedback on that episode. So I'll link to it in the show notes if you missed it. But when we talk about decluttering and kids' stuff, it's certainly easy to get rid of their stuff when they're not looking. But that is missing a big Piece of the puzzle, which is teaching them to look critically at their own stuff. So I can see doing this with a kid or versus your child working really well. The sky is the limit with this challenge. Get creative and have fun with it. And I should say here too if you're 100% committed and you're 100% in, if you miss a day, Don't throw in the towel. Don't throw up your hands. Don't give up and say, oh, I'm a failure. I can't stick with anything. No, if you miss a day, you miss a day. No big deal. Just go on to the next day and keep on keeping on because remember, you are 100% committed. All right, we're moving on to tip number two, and this is probably my most important tip. Get your setup right. So on day zero, when we're still in July, like we are right now if you're listening at release date. Get your setup right. Take five minutes and get it right. One of the most stressful parts of decluttering, I hear it from all of you. I felt it myself. One of the most stressful parts of decluttering is figuring out what to do with the stuff you're letting go of. Do yourself. Now, it's not for anybody else. It's for you. Do yourself a big fat favor and do not, Create a doom pile. (laughs) A doom pile is that big pile of stuff you want to let go of, but you don't know what to do with, so you throw it in a corner in the basement and forget about it. Don't create a doom pile. Don't throw all the stuff you're decluttering into a box to deal with later at the end of the month. Deal with it as you declutter. I can't stress this enough. Post the items that you're letting go of on your Buy Nothing group each and every day you found a vase, let's say, in this hidden cabinet way in the back that you forgot you had and you know you no longer need it, post it in your buy nothing group that moment. <laughs> if you're selling something, if you find something that's valuable and you think you, know, you can recoup some of your investment in it, list it wherever you're selling it immediately. Make sure you have a box for donatable items in an easy to access place. Have a bag ready for clothes that you're donating. Get your system in order so that, and by the way, let me go back to clothes for a second. I don't want you to donate a shirt every single day, right? But when the time comes for you to tackle your closet or your spouse's closet or your children's closets, make sure you have a space to collect all these fiber items so that you can donate them all in one fell swoop. Getting your setup right means you know that, oh, this vase can go to this nonprofit or this shirt can go to this neighbor who, you know, loves getting my children's hand-me-downs or this ratty-taddy towel can go to this textile recycling program. So, you're organizing the stuff by where you're donating it as you're decluttering it. This is probably the most important tip I can give you. And I so hope you listen to me because I know from experience that the doom pile really darn sucks, for lack of a better word. We want to avoid creating that doom pile at all costs. Tip number three, super important, is to stop shopping. Stop shopping for the month of August. This challenge, the 30-Day Minimalist Challenge, works really darn well with something that I advocate for. Now, I I go into this a lot more in my book, I should say, so if you're interested, check it out. But the 30-Day Minimalism Challenge flourishes when you pair it with a no-spend month. Because what's the point in doing this challenge and decluttering this 400-some-odd items if you're just bringing more stuff into your home at the same time? What's the point? So let's get into a month-long shopping ban really quickly. It's also known as a no-spend month. It provides an incremental opportunity for you to, first of all, be the gatekeeper of your home, but also to assess your spending habits. No-spend months allow you to get serious about your finances. Perhaps you are able to work towards a savings goal. They highlight the differences between wants and needs in a way that I personally can't distinguish in my daily life. No-spend months encourage you to slow down, spend time, spend quality time with your loved ones, and most importantly... I do a no-spend month every year, every January, after the craze of the holidays, but every year, without fail, my no-spend month always retrains my brain after, again, the craziness of the holidays to desire less. So my no-spend months always, without fail, reset my brain towards simplicity. Now, you don't have to go militant about your no-spend month, especially if your 30-day minimalism challenge is stressing you out already. Just be aware of what you're spending money on, and at the bare minimum during this decluttering challenge, commit to not buying wants for the entire month. That is not too hard, right? You can do anything for 30 days. In this case, you cannot do something for 30 days. You cannot buy unnecessary frivolous items for 30 or 31 days. You can do that. So tip one, commit or don't. And if you're committing, get a friend. Tip two is to get your setup right. Beware of the doom pile. And tip three is to stop shopping, at least for the month. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I have three more tips for you. I'll see you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high-quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game-changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch they wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns, quince.com slash podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash podcast. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back. I'm back with three more tips for you to make the most out of your 30-day minimalism challenge, which I so hope you're going to do with me this August. My next tip for you is to always start with the easiest decluttering tasks first. So this goes for when you're doing a challenge. This goes for every day of the year when you're decluttering. It is tempting to go to the attic or go to the basement or go to the garage or go to those super cluttered places first and get them out of the way. I feel that way often. (laughs) And It is even more tempting to go to these super cluttered places when you're feeling highly motivated like you likely are at the start of this challenge. But I suggest, and other professionals suggest, that you start with the easier tasks first. You might be chomping at the bit, but you rein yourself in, particularly if you're someone who finds it hard to declutter when you're overwhelmed. The idea with starting slow and starting easy means you're setting yourself up at the front end with some quick wins, and those quick wins are going to snowball. They're going to motivate you to keep working so that when you get to the attic, the garage, the basement, you feel competent in your abilities, you feel ready to make more difficult decisions, and the end goal, of course, is that you actually complete All the jobs, you complete the harder jobs. So, when I suggest starting with the easiest tasks first, maybe you take the first few days of August to hone in on the junk, like the literal junk, the literal trash. Remember that when you're playing this game or when you're decluttering and you're not playing a game, Remember that everything you declutter does not have to be a personal item. It does not have to be something that you were once invested in. Some of the easiest items to let go of are junk and trash. When you get rid of junk and trash, first, you're going to have almost no decluttering regret. So, Look at those old paint cans with the really dried and crusty paint. You're saving it for touch-up jobs, but when you open the paint can, it's all dried out anyway. How about we get rid of the can? But before we get rid of the can, we just write down the paint color <laughs> on a shareable note on your phone, let's say. Or how about junk mail? Perhaps you have some junk mail sitting around. That counts when we're playing the decluttering challenge. How about broken toys? look for the literal junk or literal trash first. Start easy. Tip number five, remember the Pomodoro technique. The Pomodoro technique works really well in the second half of the month when you're tackling those harder decluttering and organizational tasks. Now, Let me tell you about the Pomodoro Technique. We've talked about it just once before on the show. It was during my interview with the host of the Minimalist podcast, Desiree. But the Pomodoro Technique, it was developed in the late 1980s by a college student who just really struggled with getting his homework and his assignments done. And so he found a kitchen timer that was shaped like a tomato, Pomodoro, by the way, in Italian, means tomato. And he would set the timer for just 10 minutes. And when the timer went off, he would take a little break. And then he'd set it again, and he'd take a little break, okay? I suggest not 10 minutes. I suggest anywhere between 20 to 25 minutes you set that timer. By the way, your timer does not have to look like a tomato. (laughs) Any timer will do. But working in 20 or 25-minute chunks is An amazing technique for people who get derailed by little distractions, for people who are often overly optimistic when it comes to how much they can get done, and also for people who consistently work past the point of optimal productivity. That's me. So I have no problem staying on task, but there comes a point when I've been on task for so long that I'm not doing my best work. The Pomodoro technique works for me to ensure that I take breaks so that when I go back to my work, whatever my work is decluttering, podcast stuff, whatever the work is, I'm 100% all in. So, when you're on those harder tasks, you're feeling overwhelmed, just set your timer for 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. When it goes off, step away, take a break. And then, if you feel ready to go back, reset the timer. And when the timer goes off, step away, take a break. Now, if you're really following the Pomodoro technique, every four tomatoes means a longer break. (laughs) So what do I mean by that? If you set your timer four times, so four tomatoes with little breaks in between those timer sets, after you've done it four times, you are ready for a long break. So maybe an hour break, maybe a two hour break. And then if you feel you're ready to go back to the task at hand, you start again. You set the timer. When it goes off, take a five-minute break. Set the timer. When it goes off, take another five-minute break, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely use this when you're decluttering, but also know that you can use the Pomodoro technique for any task in your life. I personally use this technique in podcast work all the time. I especially use it when responding to emails. I set my timer for 20 minutes. I answer as many emails as I can. And when it goes off, I'm done until the next day. It works really well for me. That's, by the way, if you've emailed me and I haven't responded yet, (laughs) it's because I only answer emails for 20 minutes a day. But I will get to your email, I promise. So keep the Pomodoro technique in mind. I've linked to it in the show notes if you want more detailed information. But I'll be honest, I think I gave Pretty detailed information here, but check the show notes if you need more clarification. All right, and finally, my final tip for you to make your August Minimalism Challenge 100% successful, that is to not forget about the overlooked spaces in your home. Most of us tend to focus our efforts, our decluttering and organizational efforts on our high-impact spaces, on the places that we use the most, the kitchen, the living room, the bedrooms. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's really smart. It makes the most sense to zero in on the spaces that you're in the most, doesn't it? But for many of us, as the month gets into its second half, we're going to find ourselves struggling to... Find areas to declutter, likely, especially if you've been at this whole minimalism thing for a while. So I suggest you remember the often overlooked spaces. Now, in my book, which I've talked a lot about today, which is weird, I almost never talk about it, but in my book, I have a 52-week decluttering plan. And this is probably the part of my book that gets the most positive Comments. (laughs) 52 weeks. You can declutter your whole home in 52 weeks by following my plan. But that said, you don't have to have my book to do this. So, some of the weekly tasks in that 52 week plan include your first aid supplies and your medicines. What's expired? Don't forget about that when you're doing the challenge. How about your child's nightstand? My daughter's nightstand is a hot mess how about under your bed? How about under the bed in the guest bedroom? How about your silverware drawer? How about your miscellaneous kitchen serving trays and platters? How about your craft supplies? Guys, my craft supply area... Holy moly, I I could probably find 490 items in the craft area alone. How about the outdoor toys and miscellany? How about the stuff in your car console? What about the exercise equipment that you never use? I could go on and on. My goal here is just to give you some examples of those often overlooked spaces so that during the second half of the month, when you're thinking to yourself, okay, Stephanie, what am I supposed to declutter now? Think about those places that don't immediately pop into your mind. All right, so let's recap my six tips for you. Number one, either commit or don't. But either way, don't waffle. Either you're in or you're out. And if you're in, you're fully in. And if you're in, find a friend. Tip number two, get your setup right. Avoid the doom pile at all costs. Number three, stop That, shopping, don't bring more stuff in as you're trying to get stuff out. That is just not smart. It's not a good use of your time. Number four, start with the easiest decluttering tasks first. Perhaps you hone in on the junk. Number five, remember the Pomodoro technique for the harder jobs. And number six, when you think you're done, you're not done. Don't forget about those often overlooked spaces. Phew. All right. So I hope you're in. I hope you're going to do this with me. We're going to have fun. There's a post in our closed Facebook group, Sustainable Minimalists. If you're in, say you're in, make it known. Let's do this. If you're on Instagram, follow me at Sustainable Minimalists and we will take pictures of our junk together. I'm so excited. Let's get our homes ready for the start of the new school year. Let's get our homes ready for autumn. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 388. I'll see you tomorrow for headlines. As always, reach out if you need me. If you are one of the people who recently left this show a rating or review on Apple, I wanna thank you. Thank you so much for doing something to support the show. I see you, I appreciate you. Good karma is coming your way. See you tomorrow for headlines and
1: take care.